sits down with former Badgers to break down the season. Whether it's on defense or offense, we got to put it to the team immediately. Talk about that. That's the hardest thing to pick up. I would like to see our corners play a little more aggressive. And I think that's when our run game started going. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live at Coaches Club in Cross Plains. Former Badgers Brady Ewing, Bill Nagy, and Mike Taylor with you. Well, uh, <laughs> was not expecting to have this conversation when we talked last week. Wisconsin on the way to Illinois, 30 and a half point favorites. Everyone expected them to roll right through that game, get ready for a huge, huge matchup at Ohio State. And they did get ready for that huge matchup with Ohio State this week, but they did it off the backs of a 24-23 loss at Illinois. They blew a 13-point lead. They blew a 9-point lead in the final 8 minutes and watched as Illinois' kicker put a field goal through with no time left. And uh, Illinois fans stormed the field, and they played jump around, played a little Sweet Caroline. They did a lot of trolling of Wisconsin, that's for sure. Guys, I mean, I I know that none of us were expecting that to happen. I know some people didn't even watch a majority of the game, uh, but... When you look at what happened, how did that happen, Bill? How did how did Wisconsin go down there as big of favorites as they've ever been in a single game in their ever? I mean, 30 and a half point, that's the biggest spread that they've ever uh, lost. How did it happen? What, what What's your one reason for them not having won that game? Well, I don't think you could say it was just one thing. Sure. It was a combination of everything, and I think uh, – there was some ownership taken from the coaching staff, from the players. They just didn't have the the energy. I think you can always say maybe looking ahead to it, but I also know that you go down to Champaign and there's nothing great about a trip down to Champaign, right? Um, watching Ohio State play Friday night, um, I don't ever like giving that excuse of looking ahead, but I just don't think they brought it. They didn't prepare and they didn't, um, you know, they didn't execute. Zach Bond said afterwards that he he mentioned trap game, and I wonder and that's and I, I wonder because I've talked to other football players and obviously you guys will have an answer to this. Do you believe in such a thing as a trap game? And in, in talking and we kind of talked about this, or maybe we didn't, but somebody I talked with about it, like John Kuhn, who used to play fullback for the, the Packers, went and asked Aaron Rodgers. Now that John Kuhn's part of the media now, and so this at some point this year he went and he asked Rodgers. So is this a trap game? And it was, and Rogers laughed at him because, like, we used to stand over here and make fun of the media when they asked about a trap game. Is there such a thing as a trap game? I would say, Mike, um, can you hear me? Yes. I would say almost every game, you know, depending how you look at it, is almost a trap game when you're kind of at the top of the mountain. I mean, big games, small games. I mean, mediocre games. Everyone's gunning for you. Um, it's hard to stay focused. You know, every week in, week out, the good teams find a way to do it. These Ohio States, they find a way to do it. These Alabamas and, you know, Clemson teams, they know they're the top dog, and they know everyone's coming for them. It's who can, you know, realize it and stay on top. It's going to be a, a grind every single game, every single week. You know, sometimes you play down to inferior opponents and you keep them in the game just because, you know what, you think you show up and you win, and you know what, it's college football. It's D1 football. It doesn't always work out like that. you got to show up. you got to give it your best. you got to be consistent throughout the year, and I think – you know, going back to what Bond said, trap game, you know, it sounds like it was a trap game. You had one guy saying it was. That What does that mean? Did you just not give it your full effort in practice that week? Did you, you know, show up thinking, oh, we're going to win? JT's going to run the ball against a, a weak defense. I mean, 
if one guy thinks like that, there's probably multiple guys think like that. They can yeah. say what they want afterwards. It's the classic excuse. It's always the looking back on it, yep, it's a trap game. But going into it, it's are we preparing? Are we? Of course, everybody's checking the boxes, yes, yes, yes. But when it's done, it's, oh, that was a complete trap game. It's easy, easy said when it's said and done. I would agree. And the thing about what he said was they were prepared uh, physically and mentally, but he said we were not prepared emotionally. And I don't know exactly what he meant. I would assume it meant they didn't bring enough uh, emotion to the game. They weren't prepared to bring the same type of emotion needed in that game that perhaps, I guess, was needed against Illinois. I mean, they got physically beat, so I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, I, I would agree in the trenches. I thought they were getting pushed around and didn't have the run game like we normally would with, you know, a Wisconsin offense. Did we have the time of possession? Sure. Did we you know, pop, up, pop off some plays when we needed to? Absolutely, but maybe they didn't bring the emotional energy and be ready after you know four or five home games in a row to go on and play an eleven o'clock game in Champaign with you know half the stadium full. I don't know if you know younger team wasn't used to that. You know who knows? But at the end of the day, there was a, a few po- plays that you can point to where they just flat out got got beat. Which you know, whether it's you know a couple pass plays deep or a couple key turnovers at key times. Yeah, there's what, different things I can point to. What would you what would you say stood out to you? What was the play that stood out to you most? I think everyone probably has their play. It, perhaps a lot of people pointing to the JT fumble as as the play that you know kind of gave Illinois life. But if you're thinking about it, what would it be? Uh, that was it. They they kicked a field goal in the red zone and they had three run plays. I think it was JT and then a fullback and then one other play. It was fullback uh, again. Oh, there's double fullback? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd say that stuck out to me because all season long you've seen them convert that yep. with the run game, with the confidence, um, and to settle for a field goal there. It was almost a mentality thing to me um, that jumped out. I was just going to say, when, when it's games like this that are close against teams that you know, you're supposed to beat, and we always say, what's the one or two plays that it came down to? Like, sure, the fumble stands out, the interception stands out, they lost the game. It's, it's keeping Illinois around. It's not putting them away. It's giving them hope in the first, second, third quarter. I mean, you're up 7-0. I turned the game off because, like, oh, here we go again. Here comes another blowout. Shut up. You know what? You don't, you don't uh, convert first downs. You don't execute your plays. You kind of take it easy on the team. You don't put them away, and they're sticking around the second half. You know what? Illinois is probably like, guys, we got life. We got a chance. Lovey Smith is an NFL coach. I'm sure he got him pumped up. Hey, guys, it's right here in front of us. I don't know what the halftime score was. I think it was 10-7. I mean, way closer than it should be. That's going to give those guys tons of confidence to say, you know what, you're hanging around the the best defense in the country. JT's the Heisman candidate, and it's 10-7. That gets me. That would get me going as an a football player in the Illinois squad or any other football team that's like that. I mean, I think, sure, it's one play here and two plays there, but I think throughout these strings of plays, these um, drives, they don't go anywhere, you punt, they lead to turnovers or just no points. I think that's a, a more telling tale. I would agree, and I, I, I would go back to the that goal line situation, Brady, that you were talking about. You had three chances. I think JT got the ball in the first one. I think you got two yards. I got down to the one-yard line. So you have two shots from inside you know, the one-yard line. You give it to the fullback once. Okay. Love and, that. And I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not. This is not going to be uh, fullback assault or anything like that. But don't you give that third that third down carry to JT? And I know it's it's all 2020. We're all looking back because they've pushed it in with the fullback so many times down there. But yeah, I think once you know the the 
the normal thought process would. And so maybe that's why they do go with the fullback there. It's like, what are the chances? You know, just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, no. Who knows, break some tendencies. Um, you know, you got a Heisman candidate in the backfield, a guy that's averaging whatever amount per rush in the backfield. Yes, you know, I would say it makes I'll, sense. Yeah, I'll say this too. When you go 23 personnel going in as a game plan, you really only have maybe three or four plays in there. And if they're lining up in a different front than they expected and that's the look they're getting and that's where they think is the right play call, there's a, there's a method to that. They're not just like, sure. oh, we're going to trick them twice in a row with the belly. Right. Like There's a, there's more of a method, and I, I don't think people realize that. For sure. Um, and I don't know what the game plan was, but at the same time you only have you know a handful of 23 run plays to call, and if they're – shutting down JT on that. I mean, give it to the fullback. I get that. Yeah, no, and they had they had scored on the same play that JT got stopped on first down. They had scored on the play actually a number of times this year. I want to say almost half his touchdowns came on came on that play. Um, and they had scored in the third quarter on it. And so I thought that perhaps that they, they went back to it on first down. They went to the fullback on the second down. And I figured that they would go, because it had been their six, most successful play all year, that they would go back to it potentially on, on third down. Was it just a rat power play or something? It was yeah, a, it's, yeah, it's a rat power play. It takes a little bit longer. But here's the deal. When you're on the one-yard line, it doesn't matter what you call. Just go. It's it's a man versus man yeah. on the goal line. That's what it is. And that's why I say that was yeah. the most telling play to me is because Wisconsin football, you have to score there. That's, you're right. that's the brand. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Yeah. Um, again, Wisconsin – Falls at Illinois. Now they have to bounce back and get ready for Ohio State. Probably their, obviously their toughest test at this point, likely their toughest test all season. We'll talk about that game and how they do bounce back and how this week is played out coming back on the other side. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live at Coaches Club in Cross Plains. The former Badgers, Brady Ewing, Bill Nagy, and Mike Taylor. All right, so just going, we kind of talked about trap games and all that good stuff in the last segment uh, and what happens with Illinois. Looking forward now, Jim Leonard, the defense coordinator, admitted this week that the BYU lost last year when they were in the top ten and BYU was unranked. Bothered them for the rest of the year. They never got over that loss. It really haunted them the rest of the way. Do you think what'll, uh, do you think that'll be able to get past what happened last week against Illinois? Do you think, or will it define their season? The, the whole talk this week was we're not going to let that game define our season. They were saying the same things last year. How do you get by something like that, Mike? I think, per- I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, we've played in big games. Well, not even, I'm not going to say Illinois was a big game, but the games that, you know, we lost or the seasons that we were doing, thought we had a very good team. Like, I think back to, to 2011, where it's like, all right, we got a good team here, and we talk it up, and we're doing very, very well. We're blowing teams out. And then you lose that one game, and it's just like, well, sh- dang it, you know? Like, we thought we were so good, and... You know the whole the whole season's still ahead of us, still right. Like we can still control our own destiny. And then the, the next week you lose again, and just say, "All right, like, come on, can we?" You know, the the, the mentalness that it, it does on the team. Where, you know, you listen to you know like guys like Chris Orr talk about, like, "Oh, you know, come at us." I forget what his quote was before the season. It was we. I don't. 
I don't need to know how you know, good we are. We know how good we are. We just want to prove it to everybody else. Right, and so like you go into that mindset, and then you lose a game, to, especially to a team that you're supposed to just absolutely destroy, and you lose that game. Like, how does that affect you know guys like that where they think they're you know at the top of the mountain or you know they've arrived and it's just like all right well you lost to a, a bad team how are you gonna bounce back or you know can you bounce back type of thing and it, i guess you know 2011 is a good example i mean you guys did you guys lose to michigan state the following week you play at ohio state brady were you guys locked in were you ready to go for that game i mean that ohio state team was not very they had a lot of talent, but they had just obviously uh, Jim Trestle had been fired right before the season. They had who was the coach that year? It was uh, the guy that's at Cincinnati now. Got he was a DC and he got bumped up to the uh, the head coaching spot. Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not good. I think they finished six and six that year, but they got you guys. And I'm just wondering, did the game against Michigan State carry over to the following week against Ohio State? Do you think it did at all? I don't think so. I, I see those guys coming in this week. I mean, with an opponent like Ohio State, with all the, the hoopla and hype around them as is, I think they'll be locked in. What I do, I would agree with Mike, is I think depending on how this get game goes, obviously would set the trajectory for the rest of the season. I would almost say the first quarter. I think there'll be some guys that'll be feeling it out a little bit and, and have some questions in the back of their head. And, and the end of the first quarter, you know, even the first couple series, I would say um, – could set the trajectory for the rest of that game, but but then uh, the future to come too. It's not a two thirty two thirty game. It is not. It's an eleven a.m. game. So they're going to have. So they do have that going for them. It's not going to be a situation where you're going to be sitting around even in the morning. Not going to be sitting around having to wait till a night game like you guys did that that year. Back to back night games, right? Wasn't uh, Michigan State and Ohio State both on the road, both night games? That was probably not easy. Um, is that that's good, right? Not having to sit around, Bill. What what better way to bounce back? Than have sure. Ohio State on the schedule um, when you could be feeling really, really sorry for yourself, and you could come off that loss, and you just don't have any time, and it's Ohio State week. Like you <laughs> got to get up for that. If you can't get up for that, then there's the door, right? Right. So here's the test too. Like you're going to find out how good you are this week. Everybody was wondering. Okay, you have a target on your back. You drop one to Illinois. Is that an outlier? I don't know. How are you going to go to Ohio State? And then after that, there's a bye week and regroup. Figure out how good you are. And regardless of the outcome this Saturday, there's still an opportunity to win out and play Ohio State again or right. Penn State or however that shakes out. Yeah. So I, I feel like they have absolutely nothing to lose. It's like, okay, the monkey's off your back. Don't worry about college football playoff anymore. Don't, yeah, just I mean, there's, there's just no reason play to ball, man. Right, right. That's the test. Go and beat Ohio State in their house. And if that's how you want to be remembered, people will forget about that Illinois, Illinois loss very, very quickly. Right. And just in terms of you asking or the, you saying that they're going to find out how good they are, are you also kind of interested in, to find out how good they are? Will this week prove to you how good they, or good or maybe not so good they are? I think it's either going to prove how good they are or there's going to be a – a gap that you're going to see from the very, very good teams in the Big Ten and then the West. Well, let's let's be fair about it. Do we think that there is a gap? We, we all think there's a gap, significant gap, not just not just the East to West. I'm just talking about Ohio State and maybe even I think there's a gap between Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan too. Like I think there's a gap. Ohio State's way up at the top and Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan, not even Michigan State, Minnesota. Like they're, they're, they're all 
pretty further down from where Ohio State is. Ohio State's on a different level, and I think that'll show out on Saturday. Agreed or no? Oh, we'll see if it shows out on Saturday, but I definitely agree with the comment where it's Ohio State and everybody else. Okay. All right. Yeah, country, I mean, if you, if you don't believe that, I mean, you're in another world. That's <laughs> okay. How like, many are, national championships have they been in? How many playoffs? What's uh, what's the you know the guys on the Wisconsin team thinking going into this week versus the guys on Ohio State team thinking this week? You know, like what's the mindset? Are those guys over at Ohio State thinking, you know what, this Wisconsin team, you know, same as every year, we beat up on them. We, you know, they hype up some big game. They're always ranked because they play these lesser opponents. You know, they slow the the, the game down. I, I, I kind of want to know, what are they thinking on their side, their coaches, their players? Is it like, hey, they're always good? Or is it like, no, we love we love playing Wisconsin because they always get this hype, and we always just, you know, well, for the most part, you know, be, I mean, the spread is, what, 14 it's, points? It's 14 and a half points, which is the biggest spread. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, just to, you know, the I guess, not even the mental impact on the team because I don't think that they probably don't recognize it, but just the coaches and how they deal with it. But, yeah, it's 14 and a half points. It's the biggest spread since 2009. Um Wisconsin's coaches are doing something differently this week, and they're they're pointing back to the history of a couple of Wisconsin Rose Bowl teams, 1999 and 1993. Both of those teams, in 1993, Wisconsin was 5-0, and I think, when they went up to Minnesota. Minnesota was not very good that year. Uh, Wisconsin was heavily favored. Darryl Bevel threw five interceptions, and they lost that game. But the following week, they bounced back. They, they, went out, they went out except for one tie against Ohio State. They go on to the Rose Bowl. 1999. Favored by huge numbers, and they're in the top ten in the country. They go down to Cincinnati. They lose to Cincinnati. It was the biggest upset prior to this <laughs> to this game in terms of uh, point spread-wise. And then the following week, lose to Michigan. Bounce back, win out the rest of the games, go win the Rose Bowl. They have been message. That's been the message all week from the coaching staff to the players this week. I'm just wondering, as former players, is that a good message? Is it something that would resonate with you? Anybody? Brady? I would say, I mean, growing up watching the Wisconsin program and kind of the pinnacle of success for a long time was Rose Bowls. And, you know, you look at, you know, teams in the past, history is what it is that that still accomplished that goal. Um, And I'm sure this team had the goal of the the playoffs. But as Bill said earlier, you know, if you can't get hyped up for the Ohio State game, if you need, you know, the coaches are coaches, they have to get their messaging across and do their thing too. But if you can't get hyped up and locked in this week for this game, um, you you probably should walk out the door. I think it's a Bill House said it, or <laughs> is uh, not not be a part of a Big Ten football team. If you if you're playing a number, you know, two or three yeah. team in the country, um, that's probably I would say if there wasn't preseason rankings, would probably be up there at number one easily. Um, you know, something's wrong with it. You're on the road, so you, you're in it with your team, and uh, it's going to be telling to watch. You know how they compete out there. Yeah, you're you're playing to win the Big Ten this week, right? You got to throw out the whole playoff thing at this point. If if people are if guys are still thinking about you know top four college football team make like you got to throw that out the window. They should never be. First of all, you shouldn't be thinking that way to begin with. But I know there's a lot of guys that probably had it on their mind. But after losing that way to Illinois, now you got Ohio State this week. Like, hey, it's survival time now. You got to take this game by game. No more, you know, uh, playoff. It's Big Ten, it's win or bust at this point. I mean, you got to attack each game hard, go hard. Right now you're playing for the Big Ten championship. Again, you mentioned the 14-and-a-half-point the underdog thing. It's the, the biggest spread since 2009 when they lost, or I should say when you guys went down to Ohio State. It was also 14-and-a-half points. Uh, 
we talked about the game last week a little bit. It was uh, it was a closer game than the score indicated. I think it was thirty-one to thirteen that they ended up winning that game, but it was a lot closer game than than expected. Two thousand seven, they were also favored by I think fourteen down there uh, at Ohio State and ended up covering that spread as well. Um, did, was that played up among? Do you guys remember if that was played up at all ever with with that coaching staff with with Bielma's coaching staff uh, when you guys played for the spread? The spread or, and the, the disrespect that people are showing the program. I don't think that's disrespectful at all. I think, but, but, but you know, what I'm all saying, I'm saying like, is going into this week. I think they earned all 14 and a half <laughs> of those points that are going against them this week. Yeah. And in the past, um, I don't think that's disrespectful at all because you're going to Ohio State in Columbus, one of the toughest places to play. They're going to add a touchdown just because you're there, and it's going to be a battle. I mean, that's they're going to have to completely dominate up front and not give up big plays, take care of the ball, and have to play a darn near, I don't want to say a perfect game, but a lot of things are going to have to go their way for them to win, period. Do you think they can play a uh, dominate the front after what we saw last week? I mean, I, I, it, Illinois ran the ball pretty successfully against them, especially had a couple of, they really slashed them up in the second half. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had to work for all 120-some-odd yards that he got. Do you think that they can? I think they can. Um, I'd have to look back on Ohio State's schedule, but to my knowledge, I don't think they've really played a physical football team yet. Have they? They haven't played a, a power offense, but again, who we'll is Ohio what, State beat this year though? We'll, we'll see what Wisconsin offense shows up. Are we gonna are we gonna see the same offense that's playing out of the shotgun like they did for seventy percent of the snaps again last week? And I know that's not yeah. power. That's not power. That's not necessarily not power offense because Ohio State plays power offense, but they do a lot of stuff out of the shotgun and pistol, but. There's a difference between Wisconsin power and a lot of other people's power, and we haven't, we haven't. I'm not saying power runs. I'm just saying how they want to run the ball, under center, fullback, tailback. Like that was not a part of the game plan for the most part last week, and I'm wondering what will happen this week. Either way, it doesn't matter. The offensive line has to dominate, and they did not this past week, and they really haven't probably since uh, against a Big Ten opponent since Michigan dominated. Oh, I would agree for sure, um, and I think obviously running the ball and being physical up front, but also, here's the deal, you're going to have to be able to convert on third down as well. When you start getting to the third and down, medium, long, there's going to be a, a few plays where you're going to have to stop that pass rush, and I think that concerns me a little bit more than the run game. Yeah, no, Chase, Chase Young, the defensive end for Ohio State, likely going to be the next top three pick for them, I would say. He's been fantastic so far. Wisconsin's pass protection for the most part has been okay they only given up uh i think it's eight or nine sacks this year but it feels like jack's gotten hit a bunch and chase young blindside coming that would that would worry me if i were wisconsin if i were a fan of wisconsin because he is he's taking a lot of hits and i do i wonder if he's going to be able to hold up the entire game if, if that's what's going to be the case and that's why you have to get the run game going right 100% it has to be complimentary football, right? Yeah, get ahead of the chains, you know, so that you're not in those third and long type situations, absolutely. But, yeah, those those Ohio State guys, you know, tend to get a breed of that outside defensive end, you know, outside linebacker that is just different, you know. They, they got a, a different style to them, a different speed to them, and um, whether it's Bosa or Young, you know, I was scrolling through Twitter the other day, and I saw a picture of that Chase Young guy in the off-season training program. Um, Do you guys remember Vernon Golston? Yeah. The scariest-looking dude of all time. <laughs> By far. I think Gabe still has nightmares about you. <laughs> but that he was, dude's a freak. He's, he was, he's a specimen. Yeah, Chase Young, 
Vernon Golson just ridiculous and ended up going what he go and he was a top 10 pick I believe and I think he flamed out pretty quickly in the NFL but physically yes just ridiculous um, it'll be uh, it's a huge test we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it on the other side you're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains this is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. I'm joined by four Badgers, Mike Taylor, Brady Ewing, and Bill Nagy. Uh, all right, I want to go. We've talked we talked a little bit about the offense and some of the struggles there. The defense, Mike, obviously not against – I don't want to talk about the struggles against Illinois, but Justin Fields, 6'3", 225 pounds, has an arm that is stronger than – has an arm that, that can throw at 70 yards. He's got great uh, completion. What What do you want to say? What are you about to say? say he has an arm that you throw the ball over the mountains over he there. He can. He can. He's got, he's, and he can run, too. He's as talented a quarterback as Wisconsin is going to face this year. What kind of challenges does it present a defense to have to deal with a guy that you're worried about running – and you're also worried about him throwing the ball over your head. Yeah, I think with all the success from Ohio State this year, with all the points they scored, I think the number one thing is, like, when you have a quarterback that, that you know, generates so many points and can move the ball down the field easily, 80 yards or 75 yards each drive, the quarterback just builds confidence over these games and over this time. And, you know, when you show up and you're playing this quarterback and you watch this film, it's kind of intimidating. You know, you, you see some teams where it's, you know, whether it's an Illinois team or or any other school out there, they have a decent quarterback, but you don't see him make these plays where he's running, he's throwing it, they're scoring touchdowns every drive. And when you watch it on film as a, as a linebacker or a DB or a safety, it's like, geez, like, we haven't seen this yet. What are we going to do? Like, like this yeah. guy is just confident with his out patterns and his, you know, they'll throw it down the field, he'll do draws, he'll run. Like, how do we do this? What are we getting for? We haven't seen this yet. So I think as a maybe as a player – and probably as a coach too, when you watch this film, it's like, all right, we're going up against a different beast this week. We got to actually be, we got to be on. This is going to be different. I think it totally affects um, not just the game plan, but just like mentally the players out there. After he, after he, after he throws one ball for twenty five yards over the middle, and they catch, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, is it happening to us too now? Right. How do you overcome? Like, how do you overcome that? I don't, especially coming off the game that you did, where you allowed a guy to complete, and not a very good guy, a guy to complete a bunch of big passes down the stretch there. How do you overcome that confidence loss? Because I don't, and maybe it's just because I don't have a ton of confidence in myself. Like if something goes wrong, I, I think one thing goes wrong, I'm going to lose confidence in everything, and I'm very a weak-minded person. Football players probably, I'm, hey, I'm being honest here, right? Uh, I feel like football players, especially guys that are at the level that Wisconsin is at. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, once there's a, like, you throw one ball for third yards, like, okay, like, they got one. You throw two, it's like, man, is this, you know, it's turning into a pattern. And then before you know it, it's the first half, it's, you know, hopefully not, but it's 21 to zero. It's like, well, they just threw it for, you know, two 40 yard touchdowns and they had a 45 yard, you know, touchdown run. It's like, well, geez, you know. I will yeah. say, though, from a, you know, looking back at my career from a training perspective in the offseason, spring ball, you know, those are always things that coaches are trying to work on, too. Obviously, human nature creeps in and doubts creep in, but, you know, from a weight room, from a competition standpoint on Wednesdays and Fridays during the winter, the summer program, um, 
you know, that mental toughness and the ability to respond when the chips are down is something that you're always working on, and you become almost comfortable, you know, being uncomfortable in that situation. And um, but it's still on the other side of the coin, human nature does creep in. So yeah, Mike, did you ever have a guy, a quarterback that you saw on tape and like, holy crap, how are we going to stop this guy? Like you were just talking about now, is there a guy that stands out in your mind? I mean, you played some good quarterbacks. Maybe not. I don't think. I'm not sure if you ever played a quarterback quite like this. Like I know uh, what's like his name. Prior, uh, Prior was Ohio State. Terrell Pryor, right? Even him, but the guy after the, the what's his name? Braxton Miller. Oh, right? Braxton Miller. I mean, he was a, a scary runner, scary dude. He could throw the ball a little bit, but yeah. I would say, you know, when you go into games like this, where you know he's a runner, you know he can throw, you know he has weapons. It's all right. You got to almost stop and like not think of like what do you instinctually do because. That's what other players are thinking too. Like, obviously, he's tearing up everyone. Okay, what are we? What are people doing wrong playing this guy? So we got to do something different because everyone thinks they have the form. Everyone thinks they have the proper defense to stop stop this team, but it's not working. Yeah. Like, we got to look at this a different way. What's exactly happening? And I think, you know, going back to what we kind of just said, there is you got to come in, you know, almost not expecting bad things to happen, but know that they might happen. And when they do happen, how do you respond to that? How do you keep your, your chin up and go, all right, it happened once or it happened twice. Not again. Pull these guys together. Get back out there. And, you know, it's not over until it's over type of thing. So. Is, is that something that the coaches have to hammer home this week, do you think? Anybody? That's I mean, bad things are going to happen. You know they're going to happen because that team's just too good. They're going to make plays. Not a lot of bad things have happened to you know well, Wisconsin and on the offense or the defensive side so it's like that's why last week is, you, so like you got to almost expect it to happen and when it does get better from it and, and not let it happen again I can look back to basically every game we played in but especially the big ones not that it was always right but coach Bielema and coach Chris both were always talking about adversity is going to face us you know it's just a matter of when and what it what actually happens and it's a matter of keeping our chin up expecting it to happen at some point and um, just being ready to respond and staying consistent throughout the whole game. Well, we'll see if Wisconsin's able to do that. Uh, again, they have – this would probably this would be the biggest upset in, in Wisconsin history at the same – no, excuse me. It would be one of the biggest upsets in Wisconsin history, at least in the last 25 years, point spread-wise. I think them beating number one Michigan in 1981 probably would top that. But this this Wisconsin has had success against Ohio State over the years. Now, they've lost, I believe, their last six – but only one of them was by more than uh, by a single dig- by by single digits, and that was the Big Ten championship game where they got run out fifty nine to nothing. Uh, they've had success, and I, I feel like two thousand three stands out. Two thousand ten. Could you guys thinking back to that two thousand ten game where they were the number one team in the country? Could you feel it going in that that was going to be a special night? Did you know it was going to be a special night going in? Could or was it not until David Gilreath took that opening kickback? It was like okay. This is this is real. We we're gonna do this. Anybody? Well, I think you Bill? you go into a game like that and just excited. It was a night game at home. Um, number one, Ohio State was coming into town. Um, people forget a couple weeks earlier we went on the road and just had a really tough performance against Michigan State. I don't forget that. Um, I mean that that was <laughs> yeah. No, that was, I'm kidding. Wasn't great. Um, but anytime you're playing a team. Um, caliber of Ohio State um, I think you just rise to the occasion and I think Wisconsin has done that in the past and I think we can't discount the really good teams that we've had over the past you know 20 for sure 30 years um, and it's always a tough matchup for Ohio State too I mean it's always you know, play them tough there's not a lot of um, teams in the Big Ten that still 
play that Big Ten brand football where you line up and you don't spread it out and you're having 21 personnel, 22, and um, trying to control the clock and winning the game that way instead of just trying to trying to match what Ohio State does. You're not going to beat Ohio State trying to match them with that. And I think we've had the recipe and the coaching staff that's put really good game plans in in the past. Um, so that's why I think um, when you say we've had success against them, I think that's more of uh, a credit to just some of the teams and the plans going into those games, not necessarily um, you know, how the Big Ten and everybody else has tried to compete against Ohio State. Yeah, no, Wisconsin, uh, before that, this, the recent stretch had had a lot of success, and you're right, a lot of really, really good teams going down there and winning down in Columbus, too. Uh, famously, <laughs> in 1999, they got down 17 to nothing against Ohio State in the horseshoe, came back and won 42-17. to uh, Brooks Bollinger, I believe, signed. He was either after that game or maybe the 2001 game, signed a poster that said, they built it, we own it. Uh, at the, <laughs> the horseshoe, they built it, we own it. Signed Brooks Bollinger. Did not go over very well down at Ohio State, as you would imagine. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about the game coming up here in a little bit. Uh, you're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains, getting you ready for Wisconsin-Ohio State coming up on Saturday. Buckeyes, number three in the country, undefeated. As Bill pointed out, uh, Bill Nagy, former Badger, here with uh, Brady Ewing and Mike Taylor, as Bill pointed out, really haven't played anybody, <laughs> to be to be fair. Uh, some of their, their wins, Cincinnati, Nebraska, Michigan State. Uh, who else they play? Indiana. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, uh, Florida Atlantic, um, but in those games, they've dominated every team that they've played, uh, and I. So this is my fill in the blank for you guys. Wisconsin will beat Ohio State if anybody, Mike, or Brady. I just throw it out as a blanket. Um, we win in the trenches, get the run game going. So you're Both just offensively going- and defensively. Kind of a cop out, but I think it, if we, <laughs> it is. But go ahead. If we uh, play our game the way we've had success traditionally and this year, getting the run game going, stay ahead of the head of the sticks, um, I think we got a chance. Mike, I'll, I'll say if we can, obviously have I'd say one or I mean less zero turnovers on offense and probably two or three on defense. I think you have a chance. Um, I think you know field position wise, if you can, you know if you can sustain some yards early on in, in your drive and maybe punt the ball down into inside their twenty, that'll definitely help. But you can't have these one or three and outs and be you know pinned at your twenty two punting to them and they have the ball you know the fifty yard line type of thing. So yeah, I'm going to give you two. They kind of go hand in hand. It's control the clock and then eliminate the big plays. Because here's the deal. Wisconsin can control the clock and give up two big plays on defense, and it doesn't matter with a team like Ohio State. Right. But if you can keep the defense off the field and it's not a track meet, we have a chance. But if you want to try to run a track meet against Ohio State, it's going to be ugly. 
And it's it is, and it's a different offense, obviously, than the 2010 group that you guys played. But you how you guys had the ball forever. For the, it felt like you had the ball the entire game in 2010, and I I assume the defense probably felt that way as well. It felt like, especially in the first half, there was a there was a like a 15, 16 play drive, and there may, it may have been like an 18 play or uh, 18 play drive. There, John Clay finished off with a touchdown, and those are the type of plays, those are the type of drives that you would think Wisconsin needs. Not even 18 plays, but. 11, 12 plays, taking six, seven minutes off the clock to stay in this game, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just converting on third down. We talked about that. Um, just being able to protect Jack, um, that's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and just, like I said, protecting the quarterback and, like, Brady, um, dominating up front in the trenches. It's going to be the, the key to win. And when you get in the red zone, don't kick field goals, right? I mean, don't do what you did against Illinois. I mean, he. After the game, Colin Larsh, who was the kicker, he went three for four, right? Like, which is not, not too bad for a college kicker. You take seventy-five percent from a college kicker, especially these days. But it, he was lamenting the kick that he missed. If you don't have to kick those three kicks, if you only have to kick once, you're you're a lot better shape than they were against Illinois. And that, to me, I think would be the biggest th- for me personally. Red zone success and finishing drives has to be the key to the game, and I, I'm sure that's probably the offensive message, Brady. It is, yeah, and I think just the confidence and the mentality with it to come out, start fast, um, get some confidence going with a, a young team that faced some adversity last week. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be it's interesting be- against the, the athletes and the caliber team that they have because, you know, have we done it throughout the year? Yes, but we haven't done it up until uh, this past this past week. When was the last time we played at Ohio State? Would be 2013. So none of these guys were even on the team. Nope. It's the first time they were going there. No, the coaches were either. Yeah. It's the first time we've been there in a long time. Guys haven't been there. They're going to be excited, but it's also a really, really difficult atmosphere. It's and a huge opportunity. It doesn't though, right? compare to Michigan. Right. I think it's way tougher than Penn State. Um, that's just my opinion on and you it. Grew up I think there, it's right? Iowa and Ohio State are the toughest places to play. Growing up there is probably did it did make it more special for you being an ohio kid going back there absolutely yeah absolutely and when you go there it doesn't matter if you're the imposter going in and trying to steal a victory from ohio state it's still cool yeah i mean it's a hundred and what five thousand people hundred ten thousand people it's it's fun to play that's what you you know that's why you, you go to a school like wisconsin so you can go play at ohio state and play in some of these games it's you don't come to wisconsin to play a half stadium in champaign <laughs> illinois right you, you go to strap it up against a team like ohio state and hopefully the guys are up for it um so we'll see what happens on saturday get your predictions quickly before we move on because i i think a lot of us i shouldn't say a lot of i'm not going to put name i'm going to put words in your mouth or scores in your head but bill what, what do you think coming off uh, what we saw last week what's the score this week against ohio state I'm gonna have to think about that. Right, I well, think it's. Uh, do you want to go with somebody else first or here? No, let's go 20, right. uh, 24, 17, Wisconsin. <laughs> homer. Wasn't That's expe- a homer. I was, That's I was a homer. Not, after everything we've talked <laughs> about, than you just said. after everything we've talked about, both on the air and <laughs> off the air. I was not oh, expecting. Uh, with, yeah, I was not expecting by. By 17. Yeah, okay, they're, right. they're yeah, covering. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, but just your feeling? Do you actually think 24-17? I think it's going to be Ohio State by probably 11 plus. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm betting, if it's 
coming out of the it's coming, it's out, coming of, out of the checking account. <laughs> it's yeah. All right, Brady. But so, Wisconsin covers. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, Brady, so what's your homer pick, and then what's your realistic pick? <laughs> yeah. If we're doing that this, this time, on the spread, I'm taking Wisconsin. As Bill said, um, I'm going to go uh, 31 to uh, 24. 31 points for Ohio State. State. For Ohio State, okay. Yeah. Shit, 24 on the road. That's pretty good too. At Ohio State. Yeah. Good pick. All right. Mike, what do you got? I don't know. You gonna make two picks or you gonna make just one? I'll do just one. I don't know if I see see Wisconsin score more than like 17 or 20. I know the spread's 14, so I gotta have Ohio State 35 to 35 to 20. 35 to 20. All right. So now that we have all that, we all think that Ohio State is going to win the game. I guess we're just being (laughs) not realistic because. You know, anything could happen, but we're going to take the we're going to take Vegas at their word. So, Big Ten West, Wisconsin with two losses at this point after the, after this game, are they still the best team in the in the Big Ten West in your opinion, Bill? Even after even if they lose to Ohio State, Minnesota could go up two games, assuming they were they were to win this week. They could go up two games on everybody else in in the division. Is Wisconsin still the best team, and are they, they still have the best chance? How of winning sad the Big would that be if Minnesota? won the Big Ten West. Right? It would be sadder than what happened last year in Madison. That would definitely be sad. I think Wisconsin's still the best team. No, I man. really do. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. I go at Ohio State, go into the bye week, regroup a little bit, and then there's you know some tough tough football ahead to finish it off. But yeah. I still think they're the best team. Yeah. Like this, like just because it would be down two games, I still think Wisconsin – you could probably go get odds on Wisconsin still being the favorite in the Big Ten West, even if they lose this game, even if they go out and don't play very well. I think we've seen they, they still have to play Iowa, they still get Nebraska, and they still get Minnesota, so they have a chance to, to – they, they, they own their own road, I would say. Minnesota plays Penn State, though, right? Minnesota does play Penn yeah. State. That's, that's their, to me, that's the probably – well, we'll see what happens. But I, I would say that there's, if they win that – then they ought, then they would become the favorite to win the division because then who else is going to beat them? Is they are they going to lose to Iowa? Are they going to lose to Wisconsin? Like who who's going to beat them up in uh, Minneapolis? Because that game's in Minneapolis. Mike, are, I was just thinking if Wisconsin loses this game, that's two losses, and you know Minnesota's obviously at the top of the West, and I think probably a pretty confident team. I don't know. We played with Minnesota last game. We said Minnesota plays Penn State. There's probably going to be a loss there. So I think what the last game of the season is going to be for the Big Ten West, really, probably, is what we're saying. I think it probably will it's be. It's at Minnesota. So I don't know. I think Wisconsin's probably the better team. But, I mean, last game of the year at Minnesota, I, I would give it a fair chance. Minnesota could definitely win. They won last year. Why can't they win this year? You don't want to see it, but it's possible. It's obviously possible. It is. Uh, Brady, do you think Wisconsin is still – the best team though i think so yeah i think they're the they've shown the most and i think um minnesota has struggled i think pretty much all season with still in the inferior schedule i mean are they undefeated yes they're winning games that's great um i think head-to-head wisconsin wins probably 75 percent of the time um if not more but i think wisconsin's the best team in the west still and and I, I see it playing out that them winning and getting a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship. We do think, though, that the East is Penn State and, and Ohio State are probably better than anybody else in the division or in the conference. For sure, in my opinion. Yeah. even I mean, I, it wasn't like Penn State went out and dominated Michigan this past week, but they got the win, and they're, un, they're undefeated as well, and that's going to be a big game coming up. Uh, Ohio State will host Penn State later this year, but 
Um, does this, has this game on Saturday lost any luster for you at all after what happened uh, last week? Does it, does it feel any different for you guys getting excited about it? Brady? It feels a little different from an outsider's perspective, I think, but I would say probably even more so heightened sense of awareness. I think it's going to be incredibly telling to see how this team responds and to uh, watch the energy they come out with, which should be high, and uh, the play that they put on the field. We'll see how it plays out. Wisconsin uh, going to be going down to Columbus to take on number three, Ohio State, coming up on Saturday. We will be back. We will not be here next week. We'll be back in two weeks to get you ready for the Iowa game. Until then, you've been listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.